Is anybody walking through a storm? Is anybody in a fight? Has anybody seen trouble this month, this year? Has anybody had any attacks against you? I'm just trying to find out if I'm in the right place. Well, if you have, if you are, you're in the right place. Because if you weren't going through some storms, if you, if you weren't being in some fights, if you weren't being under attack some, you would really need to worry. Because he leaves you alone if he's already got you. But if you're walking through some stuff, if you're going through some valleys, if you are, if you are pushing through some things, if you are having to, to trust him day by day by day, the devil hates you. He's trying to destroy you. Father, we lift up your name. Your name is the name above every name. And we lift up your holy, holy name. And we come to you today, Lord, worshiping you, adoring you, recognizing you as the sovereign creator, ruler of the universe. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the anointing. We thank you for the spirit of breakthrough that we sense right here. We thank you, Lord, that healing power is in this room. We thank you, Lord, that everything we need to walk in victory today, this week, this month, the rest of this year, next year, we thank you, Lord, that you've already put it in us. You've given it to us. We thank you for the power that we sense. We thank you, Lord, for the word of encouragement that you have dropped into us. We thank you, Lord, for the music today that has changed the atmosphere. We thank you that we are in an atmosphere of the supernatural and that anything we need is at our fingertips today. All we have to do is receive it in faith in the name of Jesus. So we thank you and we give you praise, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, and amen. Go bump somebody a fist bump and tell them you are in the right place. You are in the right place. Such an honor to see you today, to have you here. Thank you for being with us, all of our guests. We're honored to have you. Again, it's good to have Pastor Michael and Mel and Epic with us today, some of their team. Thank you so much. And our prayer is that you go home full and overflowing and supercharged in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I mentioned to you that the enemy, John 10, tells us that he is the thief and he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He hates you. And it seems like sometimes the more we do for God, the more we do for good, the bigger difference that we are making, then he really gets fired up against us. <clears throat> I don't know if you've read my book, Secrets of a Giant Killer, but there's just a few copies left, and this is under revision. So if you want one of the, the original, you better get it now. And in this book, I tell about, in the beginning chapter, 
about a, a witch that came to our church when we were pastoring in Alabama. And I won't tell the whole story. Read the book. <clears throat> but she tried to put a curse on me and my family and our ministry. And I had just finished a 40-day fast. So I was prayed up. I was ready. I didn't need to pray or fast or anything. This happened on the day after I finished a 40-day fast. And for the next 40 days, we fought hell in that church. Many of my families, the leadership families, fought hell. And during those 40 days, I faced death about a dozen times. Close, close calls to death. I won't have time today to go through some of those and tell you, but I'm just telling you, I came, I brushed the threshold of death about a dozen times, and we finally broke that and went on. And a few days later, that witch died in the hospital, and one of our girls was a nurse, and she was there. And she said on her deathbed, she said, send Pastor Steve my apology for the chaos and the havoc that I was a part of those days. You can read about it. But the new version is coming out in a few days. It's under revision now. So if you want one of these, you need to get those now. So, Pastor, are you just trying to sell a book? No, that's the introduction to my message today. Because three weeks ago this Friday, three weeks ago today, I was not here. And I told Pastor Reed, I said, don't tell them what's going on. Just tell them I'm out today and I'll be back next week. And it seemed like that was satisfactory for some of you. <clears throat> but others, you had to know. So... On Friday, and I, I've told you for, for months now, we're in a war. We're in a fight. And we're on the threshold right now of the greatest season Metro Tab has ever experienced. We are. We're on the threshold. We've had an incredible 20 years. And on October the 4th, October, first October weekend, we will be 21 years old. So it's going to be a great weekend, a great month, a great year. We become of age in October, folks. We'll be 21. We can do anything we want to do. And we have some plans. But three weeks ago, today I was not here because I had been to the hospital on Friday night. and The doctors said I had a concussion and told me that uh, I needed at least 48 hours of bed rest they even told me I could not look at my phone or watch TV or scroll or anything like that. I didn't tell Pastor Reed that. <laughs> so I, I cheated a little bit while I was resting. But on Friday afternoon, I had gone to the golf course with my grandson, and he has gotten to the point, he's had a golf club in his club in his hand since he got in the United States when he was two and a half, seven plus years ago. And so he's done pretty well, but now he's to the point 
where if he misses the ball, if he doesn't do what he feels like he should do, he'll hit the ground and look at me and say, what am I doing wrong? So that's a good thing. So I can show him. I can teach him. So I had gotten behind him and put my arms around him, and I was showing him the swing. And I stepped back, and in his desire and his being anxious and anticipating hitting a ball 200 yards or whatever, he swang. And I was moving out of the way, but I didn't get out of the way fast enough. It was an accident. But the club speed, a metal driver, came around and hit me in the head and knocked me down. It didn't knock me out, but it knocked me down and it hurt. I played football in high school and intramural in college and I used to box and I've had some licks but I have never been hit as hard as I was hit in the head that day. And some would say, well, that was just an accident. It was just a coincidence. Yeah, that's what some would say. But the doctor told me He said, you're very fortunate to be alive today. He said, because where you got hit in the temple is the kill spot. And he said, you could have been gone just like that. Now, it was an accident, but the enemy will use anything he can to take you out. So we find ourselves in the fight of our life. I I think that I'm looking at some remnant people. I believe that I'm looking at some warriors. I discern that you are not here by accident. It is my belief that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord because the Bible says so. And you are where you are on your journey because you are and have been ordained by God for such a time as this. And even though you have faced attacks and you have faced battles and you have gone through storms and you have gone through seasons that have been difficult and tough for you. I hate to be the bearer of this news, but I need to tell you some of the days ahead are going to be more difficult than those behind you. You are going to make you're going to have to make up your mind and make a decision that you are going to stand on the word of God no matter what comes, comes hell or high water as the old saying is, you are going to have to stand and go forward. You cannot give up. You cannot quit. You cannot go back. You cannot cry uncle. You cannot cry wolf. You cannot lay down and give up or throw in the towel. You cannot say I've had enough. Because you have been chosen as a warrior. And when I thought about this, this message has been on my mind for several weeks. And so I thought I'm just going to call it fight. Fight. Look at your neighbor and say, fight. 
And when you say that, I know some of you automatically, your mind goes to the scripture that's on the screen in 2 Chronicles 20.15. And there is a conflict within you. Because that verse says, Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. Don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. Don't let fear overwhelm you because of all these soldiers, all this army, the the enemy that is standing against you. Don't let that worry you. Don't let that bother you because... The battle is not yours, but God's. And so we quote that scripture and we stand on that scripture and, we're, and we say it all the time. Well, it's not your battle. The battle is the Lord. You just stand. Right? But yet I've come today and I've told you, fight. And you're thinking, but it's not my battle. It's the Lord's battle. Uh-huh. That's true. But I'm telling you, you've got to fight. If it's the Lord's battle, here's the question. Why are there so many, even in the body of Christ, that seem to be losing the battle? So there's an apparent conflict. There there is a struggle between the Scripture telling us it's the Lord's battle. But there are some other scriptures that tell us that we ought to fight the good fight of faith. And so I want to tell you today that we, while it is the Lord's battle, and he's going to take care of it, and I've read the last page, and we win. We have to take a position against the enemy. It is the Lord's battle. But we have to stay in position. I'm talking to somebody. We have to take a position against the enemy and stay in position against the enemy. And in so doing, we are fighting against him. It is the Lord's battle. But we have to fight. In 1 Timothy 6... Paul is giving words of wisdom as a mentor to Timothy. He's encouraging him. He's teaching him. He's training him. He is preparing him for what he knows Timothy is going to face. When he was in the prison and he was writing and he said, Bring John Mark, for he is profitable to me. In the ministry. He said, and bring Timothy. And bring all my books and all my stuff. Because we've got a fight ahead of us. We've got work to do. We've got a battle. And in chapter 6, verse 11, he says, But you, Timothy, you are a man of God. So run. Run from these evil things. Pursue righteousness. And pursue a godly life. Along with faith, pursue faith, pursue love, pursue perseverance, pursue gentleness. And then he said, fight. Fight, he said. Fight the good fight. Did you know that we are in a good fight? 
I don't know if there's anything is, is such as a bad fight, but he, he said fight the good fight. Fight the good fight of faith for the true faith. And then he said hold on tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you. Which you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. Fight. 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 Set your face like a flint and fight. Make a stand. Get in position against the enemy and what the enemy represents and fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight against perversion. Fight against sin. Fight against the devil. Fight against the overwhelming culture that we are living in that has lost day mind. They have lost day mind. Fight for your identity because they, that's the pronoun they want to be used. And you know what that is, don't you? That's the legion wanting identity and to be recognized where they live in because they're living in somebody. So now they say, call us they. Legion is who they are. You, Timothy, you're a man of God. Run from all these evil things, but run towards, pursue righteousness, run toward these good things and fight the good fight for the true faith. The time has come, body of Christ. The time is now, people of God, that we must fight the good fight of faith. We must take a stance. We must get in position and stay in position and not allow the stuff to hinder us, to push us off course, to discourage us, to frustrate us. Wake up recognize who the enemy is, Re recognize what he is doing. Wake up and get in position, stay in position, and fight the good fight of faith. After all, you have been called. After all, you are anointed. After all, his power is in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. After all, his spirit has anointed you for such a time as this. So fight the good fight of faith. So here's what he said. Let's break it down. Run from evil things. Do you know there's some evil things in the world? Evil things are all around us. He said run from these things. Run from false doctrine. It, it, it's not, some of it is not even worthy to be called false doctrine. It's so squirrely. Because when you hear it, you think, nobody's going to believe that. 
Who would believe that? That's not in the Bible. And yet, some fool will find a verse and twist it and make a doctrine out of it. And Paul was telling Timothy in that day, you've got you've to keep the doctrine right. You've got to... You've got to guard the doctrine of God and, and you've got to teach everybody what, the, what is right. Follow righteousness. Run from evil things. Run from false doctrine. Run from ungodliness. Run from pride. I mean, the Bible is clear. We would think that people of God would know to run from false doctrine. I mean, we, we believe the Bible. We believe this book, the B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. You know it. We, you, you would think that people of God would know that. They would have that. It would, be, it would be in them. It's in their spirit, and they wouldn't be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Yet, people lose their mind. He says, run from ungodliness. You'd think you wouldn't have to tell Christians that. Yet, the stats tell us now, Barna tells us that there's no difference between Christian people and unsaved people in America. They go to the same movies, they drink the same alcohol, they smoke the same marijuana. They have the same kind of affairs with people that are not married to them and they're not married to. And they justify it. I had a lady one time told me she had moved in with this guy. They weren't married. And so she had been involved in leadership, so I had to talk to her. See, you don't always know both sides of the coin. And so I talked to her, and she said, well... God understands my needs, and I'm a special case. Special case is what she told me. Right. If the book says, thou shalt not, there's no excuse for you. So we need to run from ungodliness. We need to run from pride. You would think that we would know when we get saved as Christians. He said, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Yet people become so prideful and so arrogant of their position, of their anointing, of their, of their gifts, of their whatever they have. He said that we should run from pride and we should be people that are humble in the sight of the Lord. He said, run from evil things like disputes and arguments. Why do you always want to fuss? Why, why do you always want to cause conflict? Why do you always want to disagree with everybody about everything? If that's you, shame on you. You ought to get in the altar today, repent and give it all to God, and quit causing conflict. There's something to be said about being peaceful. You can just agree to disagree with some people. Just quit causing fusses and fights and divisions among you. He said, run from these things. Run from envy and strife and friction. Run from the wrong attitude about money. Well, I'm just not going to pay my tithes. All they want is my money. Everywhere you go, they want your money. 
When you go buy a car, they want your money. When you go to the grocery store, they want your money. If you go on vacation, the hotel wants your money. If you go to a restaurant to eat, they want your money. If you buy a house, they want your money. If you buy anything, they want your money. Money makes the world go round. It takes money. The Bible says, it doesn't say money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money. Money is only a tool. It is not good or bad in and of itself. It is a tool that God gives us. And when you are a good steward of the money that God gives you, he will bless you with more. When he knows that he can trust you and you are a tither and you are a sower and you will give, he will bring increase into your life. Check yourself. Run from the wrong attitude about money. Here's the news. Here's the good news. God wants to give you money. God wants to bless you. He wants you to overflow with money. He wants you to have everything you need because you're giving to other people's in need. Because you bless them and give to them and you feed the poor. You pity the poor. He said he will bless those that pity the poor. You want, you want more money? Get the right attitude about money. He said run from evil things. And then he said, pursue righteousness. Run toward the right thing. Pursue righteousness. Pursue godly living. I didn't get one amen right there. When I was on the last point talking about run from evil things, everybody, yeah, hallelujah, glory to God. Pursue righteousness. Dead silent. I mean, it, it just happened. You want me to rewind the tape? <laughs> Pursue righteousness. Godly living. Thank you. Holy living. Faith. Love. Gentleness. Patience. Endurance. That wasn't so hard, was it? Pursue righteousness. God called you to be righteous, to be holy, to be an example, to help somebody, to mentor somebody else, to teach somebody else. God called you to do that. And how can you be an example when you're a bad example? How can you be an example for somebody that needs to get saved when you're not even living right? You want to preach a while? Come right here. Just give them about two minutes of that. You have a responsibility to live according to the word of God. If you're not living according to the word of God, you should not be doing what you claim to be doing. Don't claim you're a Christian and don't, and don't live like a Christian. Don't, don't go out and say, don't go out and say the Lord bless you if you're not living under the blessing of the Lord by living under the covenant blessing of who God has called you to be. The problem is we have a lot of people in the body of Christ no longer walking according to the word. And so now the people in the world are trying to look at us and say, you say you're a Christian. How can I follow you if you're not even following what it is that you say and you believe? Come here, Olivia. You want me to back up to the last point or you want to preach on this point? Uh, I'll do the last one. Let me have the last one. Hooey. 
Woo-hoo-wee. Run from evil. See, now look. If you don't run on a regular, you don't know how to run. If you don't practice running, you don't know how to run. So when these things happen, when false doctrine comes up, you, you're just dragging it. You don't know how to run unless you practice running. When ungodliness presents itself, if you don't practice, you don't know how to run. When pride, the one thing that we hate to let go of, we hate to let go of pride because it feels good. It keeps us from having to be accountable. It keeps us from, you know, having to admit, I wasn't right. I don't know everything. So then we're just moving like this. But when we practice running from evil things, then when false doctrine comes, we can run. When ungodliness comes, we can run. When pride comes, we can run. When envy, strife, and friction come, we can run. We can run away from the wrong attitude about money. We can run away from the wrong attitude about what the Word of God says instead of just being stuck. Somebody shout yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We are to run from the evil things. But we are to lay aside. Hebrews 12, 1 says, lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset you or get you off course and run with patience, run with endurance. Run the race and fight the fight. Run the race and fight the fight. Get in position. Yes, it is the Lord's battle. But you got to get in position, and it's from that position that you are fighting the fight, and he is using you. You are anointed for such a time as this. He said, fight the good fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Faith is a good fight to fight. When you stand on faith, what is faith? How do you activate your faith? He said, if you can believe, all things are possible. If you can only believe. What do you need to happen in your family, in your life, on your job, in your career, with your kids? What do you need? Believe it. Believe it, believe it, believe it. That's activating your faith. Believe it. If you can believe. He said, with men, you're right. It is impossible. But not with God. With God, all things are possible. So how do you fight the good fight? Well, it has to do with getting in position and discipline and training. Discipline is required. Training is required. You can't just live any old way. You have to discipline yourself. Where do I start? Well, you could start with reading your Bible every day. You don't have to read an hour, two hours, three hours every day. Just start. Start with five minutes. My God, if we could just read five minutes, it would change your life. And as you read five minutes, don't just stop in the middle of a verse. Go ahead and finish the verse. Matter of fact, you might even want to finish the chapter, and it will stretch you to ten minutes. 
So five minutes, ten minutes a day. Just, just start where you are, but discipline your mind, discipline yourself to read the holy word of God every single day. And it will change you. It will transform you. It will give you revelation. Your eyes will open. You will begin to have insight you did not have. The Holy Spirit will give you discernment that you did not have. It will change your life. Because in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, he said, Without faith, it is impossible. Don't miss this. It is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek after him. But he said it's impossible without faith. It is impossible to please God. You know what that means? You can't go to heaven if you're not pleasing God. And you can't please him without faith. Now don't be afraid. Somebody say, oh my God, I don't have no faith. What am I going to do? Yeah, when you were born, the Bible says... In Romans, he said he dealt to everyone a measure of faith. So the good news is when you were born, matter of fact, when you were conceived, he just put a little dab of faith. Well, there's faith right there. So you've got faith. And then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And then Romans chapter 1, Paul said, I've longed to come to you that I might impart to you some spiritual gift. That is faith, so that you and I might be encouraged together so you can get faith hanging around other people of faith. Three ways faith comes. So get your faith. You've got faith. Grow your faith. Faith is like a muscle. If you don't exercise that muscle, it's going to atrophy. It's going to get weak. And then when you need it, it won't be there. But if you exercise that muscle, if you grow that muscle, we got some muscle people here today. I could have a couple of them stand up and show you their muscles. They, did, they weren't born that way. They didn't come out of the womb with biceps as big as your leg. They exercised. They worked at it. And it grew. You didn't come here with faith like that. But if you will exercise your faith, if you will believe what the Bible says, if you will begin to declare things and believe it, you'll see it happen and your faith will grow and you'll begin to believe God for bigger things and for greater things and you'll go, wow, look what God is doing. Fight the good fight. The good fight of faith. And then he said, hold on tight to your destiny. Why wouldn't you guard your destiny? Why wouldn't you guard your future? Why wouldn't you guard your eternal destiny in heaven? Why would you take a chance with your soul? Why would you take a chance on losing out with God and going to hell instead of heaven just because you're gambling with your soul? Of all people, you know better than to gamble with your soul. Of all people, the people of God, people in houses like this around the world, know better. Yet they do stupid things. Think they won't get caught. Think, I'll just do it one time. Nobody will know. God knows. You know. That's two. And when two people know something, it's going to spread. You can't even keep it quiet. 
about your own self. It's true. Raise your hand if you know it's true. See? The rest of you lying. You know it's true. First time you get something good and juicy, you got to tell it. You're looking for somebody. Who can I tell? Who can I tell? Who, who would like this? Who would appreciate this? Who would enjoy Oh, let me tell it. Let me tell it. Let me tell it. He said, hold tightly. Guard your eternal destiny. Why? Because you were called to be the difference on planet earth. Anybody can be a liar. Anybody can be a thief. Anybody can cause discord. Anybody can cause conflict. Anybody can just run the way of the sinner. He called you to be different. He called you to make a difference. He called you to take a stand. He called you to fight the good fight. So hold on tight. Your eternal destiny. Say, how do I do that, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. You be careful who's in your circle. You be careful who you let speak into your life. Because the five people closest to you speak into your life, whether you realize it or not. You listen to them. You pay attention to them. And if they're, if they're not the right five, if one of them is the wrong one, it only takes one. When I was growing up, the first job I had when I was 12 years old, I worked at a farmer's market in my hometown. We used to make peach runs and tomato runs. After the local farming ran out, we would go to different parts of the state, sometimes down to Florida, sometimes up a little further in Georgia, then sometimes over to South Carolina. And then late in the season, sometimes we would even go to North Carolina to get peaches and tomatoes. And they used to tell me they would have these bushel baskets and I'd have to sit down and I'd have to go through the basket. And if there were some bad peaches, I had to take those out and sort them and put the good ones in one basket and take the bad ones out. Because they knew, I was just learning, but they knew if you left those rotten peaches that were rotting in there with the good ones where they touched the good one would start rotting it would get off from the bad one onto the good one and it would ruin the good one and now we've lost two and you run with somebody and say well it don't, it don't hurt me it don't affect me you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong when you hang around the wrong crowd, they will influence you. Next thing you know, you'll be doing what they're doing. It's, it's right here in the Word. Hold on to your eternal destiny. Guard it because you were called to be the difference. So be the difference. Make the difference. We're not fighting for the victory because he's already said the battle is his and the victory is ours. We are fighting from his victory by staying in position. I like what he said in Philippians 3.14. 
He said, I press toward the mark. I press toward the mark. I've got a goal. I've got a target. And I'm pressing toward that. And if something's in my way, I'm either going to move it, knock it down, or I'm going around it. But I'm going to keep my eye on the prize. I'm going to keep my eye on the target. I'm going to press towards that. If I get knocked back, knocked around, that's okay. I'm going to get up. I'm going to keep going. And I've got, I've got the target in my sights. I've got the prize in my sights. And I am pressing toward the mark of the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to get there because I am, I am pressing toward the mark. You've got a mark. You've got to pursue the mark. You've got to keep your eyes on the prize. You've got to focus on the prize. You've got to go toward the calling of Christ Jesus in your life. Press toward the mark. And then he said in Ephesians 6.13, Take up the whole armor of God. Take up the whole armor of God. See, some of y'all leave your helmet at home. And see, he messes with your mind because you don't have your helmet on. You don't, you don't have the helmet of salvation guarding your mind. You leave it off saying, well, nobody's shooting right now. It's, it's tight on my head, so I just take it off. He said... Take up the whole armor. Get it all. Get it all on. You're in a war. You're in a battle. Why would you lay down your armor? Why would you take off your helmet? Why would you take off the breastplate of righteousness? Why would you take your shoes off? You've been girded with the preparation of the gospel. Why would you take off your armor and leave yourself unguarded, unprotected? Why would you do that? Yet Christians do it every day across the world. He said, take on the whole, the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand, to withstand against the evils of the devil. And then he said, having done all, when you don't know anything else to do, when you're weary in battle, when you want to take off your helmet, when you want to run in the wrong direction, when you are so tired, he said, when you don't know anything else to do, he said, don't run. He said, don't run away from the fight. Don't run away. He said, having done all, you get in position. You keep the whole armor of God on you to protect you, to protect you. And then he said, stand. Having done all, stand, stand, stand. Sometimes in the fight, the best thing you can do is just take a stand and stand, stand. I'm standing right here. I may not be advancing right this moment, but I'm not backing up. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to run. I'm not giving up. I'm going to stand, stand, stand. I'm standing on the promises of God. I'm standing on the Word of God. I'm standing on the B.I.B. I'm trusting God. Stand on your feet right now, and let's lift up a shout of praise. Let's lift up a fight. Let's lift up a battle cry. Let's lift up a shout. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.